Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That's me. With me as always, Jarrell Sachs <laughs> is the name you may know him by now, a.k.a. Brandon Newman. What's up, Brandon? Man, they done messed up, Mike. They done put two of America's most wanted in the same mother place at the same time is that referring to you and me or you and Jarrell Sachs <laughs> that's me and you Mike what's your what's your what's your pseudonym what if you yeah when you get when you get pulled over uh well okay let me let me rejigger this yeah, uh you're, you're about to make this a real to America's conversation <laughs> real quick yeah like, like let me go change it to a social commentary uh what would be your if like somebody quick asks you what your name is you weren't trying to give it to them like what would you throw at them rock hoover rock hoover 
So it was Mark Schlereth's character, I want to say on Guiding Light. So there was a weird phase of time where a lot of people, because like we associate Stephen A. with some daytime soap opera appearances. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, my dad and Mike Greenberg both appeared on one of those midday soap operas, as did Mark Schlereth. And when he was on that show, he played a detective named Rock Hoover. And so anytime I would go out and I'm in an Uber and didn't feel like getting into like, what I did or anything like that, or if I was just at a bar and kind of wanted to have fun talking to girls, I would tell them I was Rock Hoover and I would say that I played minor league hockey for the Hartford Wolfpack. Mike, I love that background and that name. It's a great name. It projects a lot of strength. And also, I know just enough about like the junior system and coming up through Absolutely. hockey just because so many of our friends from Notre Dame played college hockey, would talk about that background. And so I knew just mm. enough about it and the local area and that like particular team to get away with, especially, I mean, we're all drinking, so it's not like I have to have these vivid details for people. Right, and also it's like if they – if they're biting because of who they think Rock Hoover is, once they find out who actually Mike Golick Jr. is, like they'll still might be down. I mean, at that point, who Mike jo- Mike Golick Jr. was really wasn't shit. Like this, this honestly wasn't even like to run game or anything. It was just because I was a jackass. That was back when I used to get drunk and watch my friend do one arm push ups to bum cigarettes off people outside Ooh. of bars. It was real. How wide there. was that leg stance though with those one arm push ups? Honestly, not that not okay. that bad. I won't betray right. his name, but pretty strong dude. And listen, every once in a while back in the day, bumming a late-night heater off somebody was just kind of how <laughs> things went. Speaking of heaters, Ooh. we got a great one today here. Stu Gatz, back in the fold. It's been a long time. I realized that as I was sitting down before we taped with Stu Gatz today from the Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gatz and Stu Potity, biggest podcast in the world, bigger than Oprah, fresh off his trip to the Hall of Fame with Tony Baselli, which we will hear plenty of backstory about. Stu Gatz is going to take you into hidden rooms that even he should not have been allowed. And like normally it's, hey, we take people where they can't go. We take, you know, Stu Gatz will take you inside and experience. He was not supposed to be where he ended it up during Hall of Fame weekend with Tony Baselli. And so he's going to take all of us in there on that journey. We're going to talk way more baseball than I anticipated. But Brandon, as I was going down the list of things to talk to Stu Gatz, I realized it had been probably over a month since we had had our buddy back here. So nice to round out the gang again on a Friday. It is. It was nice. It was like a, a nice uh, a nice lazy river. Not not in a big resort. Probably uh, maybe something like all-inclusive or, or a very fancy cruise ship. It felt purposeful in, in, a, in a way that we haven't had Stugatz it is. It's before. a very rare, purposeful and Stugatz in the same sentence. A very rare occurrence. And <laughs> Brandon, it's very fitting that Stugatz is joining us today because boy, oh boy, was it a chaos really last couple of days, especially on NFL internet. Mm. Rarely does NFL Twitter rise to the level of its NBA Ooh. peer a lot of times, but it's been in its bag lately. And... I was amazed by this, Brandon. So before we get to the Golden Goose, we just watched last night your Baltimore Ravens play in their first preseason game against the Tennessee Titans. Got a good look at some of the rookies out there early on here. Our guy Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. Um, They were playing across the way from Malik Willis, Mm -hmm. who we talked about uh, yesterday with Rowan Foster. But one of the other players in the Baltimore Ravens, the safety named Tony Jefferson. And Tony Jefferson... (laughs) came out with one of the more wild admissions 
that we have seen in quite some time that took the internet by storm. Last night, the safety, who I believe is, what, seven, eight years into his NFL career, he's been in the yeah. league for quite a while. Yeah, he's one of those guys that uh, name was one thing, and they were there long enough that now they're, they're a senior or second like <laughs> yes that's right he's the second <laughs> a child along the way he tweeted out i can't even lie i stopped wearing my glasses years ago and that might have been the dumbest thing i've ever done i can see so much clearer and farther with my glasses it's wild he said he last wore glasses and contacts in college when he was at oklahoma since then he's been wearing nothing he even tweeted said i've just been going out there all regular <laughs> just raw dogging it Brandon, with his eyes i mean god bless him this to me is a lot like what we dealt with with kyler murray where he tried to play it off as like it's disrespectful to me and my peers to think that I could go out there and play the way I have without studying tape and needing this clause yeah. and thinking I'm playing Call of Duty all the time. Like, no, it's impressive if you've been going out and balling the way you have and getting yourself a loaded contract while still giving most of your time to video games. Much in the same way, I'm like, people are talking about the plays Tony Jefferson could have made. He stuck around this long, basically out there seeing shapes and colors like a newborn baby. That's incredible. <laughs> it's not shapes and colors, Mike. As someone who just got glasses for the first time uh, last April, or is it two Aprils ago? I'm fresh to, I'm new to glasses as well, and I was appalled by how much I couldn't see. It's just one of those things, it's like, if you, if you can see better, you don't really think about it because it's like the you know think about the have-nots and think about what you what you can't have, but once you get that clear vision, but like once he you get that he knew though, eh, but like you know he had had twenty twenty, like you know that like the doctor like at that point in time in Oklahoma when he was at Oklahoma it's like he's like yeah the 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 they're telling you to eat your vegetables but you haven't in a year and you're fine. You know what I mean? Like you're a top athlete. So it's one of those things like, yeah, of course, I might need glasses when I'm driving at night, you know, so the the lines don't blur too much, but I don't really need them, need them. I haven't even thought about that. Like he wasn't wearing them in normal life either. Was he out there just a danger to society on the road too? <laughs> I mean, apparently like, so. Brandon, I hear what you're saying about like confidence and being a high level athlete, but there's differences to this. Like look, like, look at knee braces for an example. Okay. The NFL, in college, they mandate a lot of offensive and defensive linemen wear knee braces. In the NFL, that's not required, and most guys ditch them because they're incredible high-level athletes. They want to go out there and move freely. They want to get the uptick in speed because every little bit counts at that level. This is actively hurting you. This is going and putting knee braces on and then maybe tying one of your untying one of your shoes badly, walking into the game on purpose, and yet somehow still balling long enough to be a veteran in this league. I mean, I mean, listen, he was an undrafted free agent out of Oklahoma. He may have gotten drafted if he had glasses. The thing about him as a safety and all it is is what you see. <laughs> And like setting the defense, like That's is he I mean. nearsighted like, or farsighted? Like you know how it is. You go back to the you go to the sideline, and the coach is like, your position coach is like, okay, what are they giving you? What do you see out there? And it's like honestly, like I felt one person went by and. <laughs> Like, like, he's strictly a vibes player. I mean, it's it's great though. Like, you look back at—I uh, hate to bring Marvel into this—but you look back at like Daredevil and things like that. Even Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Like, there's there's something to just feeling things out. Like, your other senses get heightened. He may be able to taste better than any of us. 
That was my first thought was his Madden ratings for smell and hearing have to be 99 straight up. <laughs> that man's out here smelling screams. Literally, literally. Like, no, nah, no, nah, that running back, that running back let off a different fault, fa- like phosphate. It's a screen. It's a screen. He, he literally hears. His musk is off. He hears the footsteps, like quite literally. Like that's when he knows <laughs> when to break on the ball. <laughs> Just like this. Okay. Brandon, he has played in the NFL for eight. This will be his eighth, or this will be his ninth season of the NFL. He has a combined 469 tackles, Mm. 34 tackles for loss, four fumble recoveries. Let's see. I'm trying to see where uh, interceptions are on here. Oh, here we go. I know he's got. Four career interceptions, so that might be where this starts to manifest a little bit. I was about to say, now that I'm thinking about it, I can think of one Tony Jefferson interception. Right, like, so so that's where it starts to add up a little bit. But you're like, again, like, you being a D lineman not being able to see very well, diminish returns on that. Everything's right in front of your face. This man's scanning the whole ass field. There's nothing, like, a lot of times with defensive linemen, uh, I guess I can uh, say this right now, uh, you know what's going to happen to you by what you feel is trying to happen to you, right? Like you feel the the offense line yes. like wall, walling you off. You're like, oh, y'all trying to make a play this way? Oh no, no, no! I'm closing this gap off. For him to be out there, just wide open planes and and just figuring shit out, like there might not be a lot of other positions that he can get away with not wearing rec specs for this long. Bro, honestly, like you said. With his other senses, the form they have to be in right now, now that he's popping contacts in, it's a wrap. Like, I don't know if I'm going to have to check DraftKings and see if we can bet odds that Tony Jefferson makes the Pro Bowl or, like, what his defensive player of the year odds were. I'll throw a little shit down on that because at this point he's going to feel like goddamn Superman out there. All I know is we we have the same roster, but the Baltimore Ravens got a little bit of an edge. They have to list that as an acquisition this year. Like, oh, yeah, you drafted Kyle Hamilton. You brought a couple of these other guys. You're getting Ronnie Stanley back. Tony Jefferson got contacts. Oh, man, he's ready. That's what I said when, when I saw that. When I, I didn't understand the story because he said I got my contacts, too. And I was like, wait a minute. I know for a fact that you have to have your glasses and your prescription for at least two years before you get sus- subscribed contacts. Then I figure out he, he, he should have had glasses a long time ago. I mean, usually you do a physical going into every year, and part of that's doing some sort of eye oh. tech. Like, what were the Ravens folks like when they were doing his physical when they brought him over I tell you there? What, like, when I first got my eyes checked, mother- and I seen that, and I was like, okay, that G is an F now, I see, and uh, I'm waiting for the diagnosis. <laughs> well, uh, Brandon, we're glad that Tony Jefferson has his glasses. Yes. But if you've been around this podcast long enough, we got some glasses we think that you might like Ooh. as well. Our friends at Knockaround yeah. Sunglasses are ready to help you maybe not see better, but certainly look cooler and protect your eyes from the sun, which is also an important part of things here. Because remember, Knockaround has polarized sunglasses, and they are only about $30 a pair. There's 15 different frames, a ton of different colors. you got something for everybody here. You can customize pretty much every part of this thing. The front, the arms, the lenses, the logo color. There's over a billion different possible combinations in the Knockaround Custom Shop. You can count on Knockaround to protect your eyes. I'm sure even Tony Jefferson, who wasn't wearing glasses or contacts, probably rocked sunglasses, and he would look and feel even better with some Knockarounds on. So remember, lightweight, great clarity, rubber nose, so no slip, slide, or bounce. 
knock around sunglasses or high quality polarized sunglasses at a truly affordable price check out their huge range of shades at knockaround.com brandon the next thing that needs to happen is somebody needs to introduce tony jefferson in the polarized lenses because right he's he's listen he's got a lot of stuff to learn I, I can I can legitimately say this was blind but now he sees. <laughs> yes. But Brandon, he was not the weirdest bit of NFL news oh, of man. the day. The wild ride we went on with Antonio Brown <sighs> in the last I don't know how many hours was a journey. So if anyone missed it, Antonio Brown You have to read it, Mike. I, you have to read it. Former NFL wide receiver at this point. He hasn't technically retired, but his laundry list of on and off the field transgressions should be enough to keep him away from most rosters at this point. Antonio Brown tweeted out yesterday with the caption, Sincerely AB, a graphic. And it said, quote, My biggest regret, my biggest regret in my career doesn't involve calling my GM a cracker. Or showing up to the Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with frozen feet. Or throwing rocks at that UPS driver. And it definitely doesn't involve taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around the Jet Stadium mid-game while throwing up deuces. My biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me, Antonio Brown, play live. Sure, I can watch the game afterwards. But I can't imagine what that was like for you all to see something like that. Like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks. Antonio Brown on his biggest regret. I mean, where's the live, Mike? First and foremost, Jesus at Red Rocks would be an incredible set. Because there's one thing I know about JC after he was flipping tables in the temple. Jesus moshes. Like, Jesus will get in there and mix it up. He'll throw bows. He's not afraid to get down and dirty. That man has been in the trenches since day one. So he would absolutely mosh. That much I can guarantee. Yes, obviously Jesus would. But that mashup. And I know everybody loves everybody. Uh, uh, Jackie Moon got that from Jesus. So, I, but I'm I'm under I'm interested in how he can work with the Beatles. I feel like they have their dynamic. They have their certain way of doing things. You know, I I, I don't see that mix going well. I mean, Jesus also rolls with a bit of a posse. Like you're going to deal with twelve anytime you True. got JC on there. Yeah. So. I would be very curious what genre Jesus would most want to like work his way into. He feels like an indie rock guy. He does. That's just because of the hair and just because y'all y'all mainly Americans think he's white. I mean, it's because we whitewash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking he might. I just you know, I would like to. I would like to do see him do some like uh, modest, not modest mouse, with dead mouse and. Who's the guys that? Oh, you want Jesus to do a tech, an EDM? Yeah, like set. walking on the dream. Who's those people that do walking on the dream? One more time. I don't know, but One you want him to basically time. be like. A, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Music's got me feeling so free. Pharrell does stuff with him. Who's it? What's the name of that band? Daft Punk. Daft Punk. Daft Punk. I think Jesus would do some Daft Punk stuff. Just some like Avicii like like vibes. Honestly, like Jesus would be an incredible DJ. <laughs> That's what he is. Just a DJ. Well, and as many people pointed out, like, you got to wait around for the encore with JC. Love the idea of Jesus leaving the stage, and then all of a sudden you just hear over the loudspeakers the sound of a boulder grinding as it's rolled past the opening, and then Jesus walks out of here. As much as I love this bit, 
It's getting too sacrilegious for me, and I would love to talk about AB's dumbass. <laughs> Listen, at some point, once J once he added JC to the dais next to the Beatles, sacrilege goes out the window, and we're allowed to build a set list that Jesus would be proud of, all right? Fair. Judas is over there pulling out wires and shit. Oh, man. The amount of sacrifice that Judas would have. Oh, man. He probably started the Yoko Ono stuff. Anyway, okay. Um... <laughs> AB, Antonio Brown, who I thought once this news started trending, Mike, when, not this news, when his name popped up, I was like, oh shit, he finally is retiring. Signed with an. Oh, I thought you were going to say signed with another team. No, it's sincere, sincerely AB. That doesn't sound like a, a moniker or like a sign off for I'm continuing to play. And then you read the words. And uh, I don't know if he used to blog. I know he raps, he thinks he raps, so he knows how to grab people's attention. But that first line, Mike, it wasn't It wasn't when he called the GM a cracker. That wasn't his biggest regret. And then you're like, okay, I am listening. What else you got? So, Brandon, do you want the, do you want the bad news now? Uh, sure. So, while we all agree Antonio Brown reposted this online. It apparently came from an account called The Sports Memory and was a satirical quote that popped yes. up on Instagram like three days ago. And he just clipped it and put it out on Twitter. Now, the biggest testament to Antonio Brown is we all believed this is some shit that he would yes. say. And in my heart of hearts, because he reposted it, I'm taking that as a cosign and that he believes all this stuff. And so it's still technically an Antonio Brown quote. But for the sake of journalistic integrity, this was a meme. This was apparently a fake quote that popped up on Instagram that he used out here. So he can't take the writing cred necessarily. I saw when I was looking at the, the meme, Mike, and we, we did our recreation on Gojo's uh, page I uh, recapping your biggest regrets and I you're a fucking genius I love it uh, I noticed a little thing on on AB's shirt and I was like is he working with a meme oh, company oh I didn't even see, you see that it? it's on the jersey the what it's like a little watermark. it's like the meme wa the watermark yes. of the handle for at the sports memory. I saw the sports memory and I was like oh my, maybe he's working with a team like they're aggregating his actual thoughts and turning them into graphics. But you're right. I now I realize this was this was a joke. This was a joke. This was a this was a ha ha by AB. Man, you know what? And again, we all believed he would say it. So as far as I'm concerned, because he retweeted it in the way he did, this is now Antonio Brown cannon, which is probably like the best thing considering this is a man with you know assault allegations on his resume, who by all accounts is not a person. Want, I'd want to really rock with. Okay, okay. In almost any way, shape, or form. Just, this is about the only defensible thing that he's done in a while, so we'll take this and we'll believe I it. I thought you were leaving it that he's not a person, uh, which, you know, uh, between him and Brett Favre and how many, uh, how much they're calculating their concussions over over the years. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Two people whose word I'm not inclined to take on most matters, Brett Favre and Antonio Brown, but... <laughs> We'll uh we'll let that one simmer. And again, if you don't want to ruin Santa Claus for the kids, you can stop before you hear the news that it was a meme that AB stole from the internet. I don't want to ruin Christmas for anyone going into the weekend, but I do have something that will keep your weekend rolling in the white spot. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna to talk to our friend Stu Gotts, hop in the lazy river, and have a good time. 
Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome and with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research development and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust and it's great in convenience too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently just like any other routine health habit and Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine again with no refrigeration required. So trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 daily symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25gojo to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. Hello, gents. Man, Stu Gatz, I was going down like all a list of things that we were like, we're like, oh man, what do we want to talk to Stu Gatz about? And I was like, right. man, I just realized how long it's been since we've had you on here. It's been a, uh, it's been a few weeks. I, you know, I, uh, well, I'm pissed at you guys. I mean, but I love you. Um, I, I've noticed that Brandon has upgraded his studios, which is very nice. An odd kind of Ravens color vibe to it. Um, and I apologize that I'm a little late today because Mike knows this. My team never gets five-time Pro Bowlers at left tackle. I tell you. And ya. me and Mikey A were celebrating. I mean, so that's what was going on, okay? It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Your former first-round pick, unfortunately, goes down with injury, and you end up with one of – I think I saw the stats you got. There's like 25 offensive linemen in NFL history with over 200 starts, and you now have one of them playing tackle for you. Yeah, we never have one of those guys, ever. Um, you know, I want to say thank you to Becton. I mean, the B in Becton stands for bust. How about that? I mean, <laughs> and the B in Brown stands for Hall of Fame bust. I mean, yeah. this is amazing. I mean, Mike, how do, we, how do we, we, listen, we get an injury that the Jets normally get, okay? Tackle, second year in a row he's been out. We drafted him. It feels like a waste of a draft pick. And the Jet, maybe they're, listen, maybe it's a new era for the Jets where we, you know, we lose Beckton, but stumble into a guy who's way better. <laughs> I mean, Stu Gatz, this offseason, we found out your quarterback's apparently out here banging moms. So you yeah, guys I have mean, a quarterback that everyone likes, and now you have a future Hall of Fame left tackle. Yeah, I, it means 0 and 16. That's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> It all adds up to 0 and 16, Mike. So, so the, so the, so finding out that Zach Wilson, everyone saying Zach had that dog in him when they thought he was out there going after one of his mom's friends, that didn't make you any more confident in what he can become as a Jets quarterback. 
No, it made me uh, the most confident uh, I've ever been in a Jet quarterback in my entire life. That's what it did. <laughs> <laughs> but still 0-16. Yeah, but still, yes, but it all equals 0-16. Mike, it's all going to end up where it always ends up, and that's with us drafting uh, within the first five or six picks of the draft next year. So, my God. Uh, but that division's weird, Mike. Like, it's crazy because we know the Bills are the best team in that division. We don't know much about the other teams. Like, I don't know if the Patriots are any good. I, do, I think the Dolphins might be good. Um, and I think the Jets might be good. But, you know, one of those one of those three teams, possibly with a shot to uh, to be a wild card team. So it's going to be interesting to see how that division plays out. Stugatz, are you worried about or do you actually believe the reports coming out of Patriots training camp that this offense looks terrible right now? Apparently, yeah. Matt Patricia's back there calling play. Do you believe that, or is this? Are you so firmly ingrained in like Patriots deception that you think this might be them trying to pull one over on everyone? Yeah, fuck them. I don't believe anything they say. I don't care what they say. When they say the offense is lousy, it means it looks great. When they say they have no talent, it means it's the most talented team Belichick's ever had. I don't want to hear because all I heard, Mike, was Mac Jones in the best shape he's ever been in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's traveling around. He's meeting with the wide receivers. He's doing the Brady thing. I don't want to hear from them. Uh, you know what? Until they prove that they're bad on the field. <laughs> go out on the field and prove to me that you're bad. I don't want to hear people talking up at Foxborough about how bad they are. Enough. Every, I mean. every other team has to go out and prove that we can actually believe they can get over the hump and win. And New England's like, no, you're going to have to prove to me you can finish below 500, you motherfuckers. Right. Show it to me. Okay. <laughs> don't, you know what? Don't, right. don't, do it, don't do it in the playoffs for once. How about that? Right, exactly. <laughs> Do it in the regular season. <laughs> Don't make the playoffs. <laughs> that is so great. You want to prove something to me? Don't make yeah. the playoffs, okay? Go 1-15, go 2-14, 3-13. They're never going to do that. You know they're going to be competitive, Mike. You know they're uh, going to be good because Belichick is not at a point in his career where he's retooling anything. He's trying to win it every single year. and So uh, uh, I don't buy anything they're saying. Yeah, but who cares? Well, what does Matt Patricia do now? Like, does he still wear the pencil? Like, how, how does that work? When you go from defensive coordinator to offensive coordinator, does he change anything about himself, his appearance, his look? Because he doesn't look like an OC. He looks like a DC, doesn't he? Yeah, and I was going to – he can't shave the beard because Patricia's a bigger guy like me, right. and the only reason we have the beard is to cover up the double chin, so he can't go out <laughs> in the sideline and look chubby. Right. You're right. Uh, but the pencil – Maybe you move it to the other side. Maybe you, didn't, think, didn't didn't he go the short pencil, Stugatz? Did he do like the golf pencil, or is his a full size pencil? I think he had the full size pencil. I I, could, I mean, we, we could look it up. I'm sure. Are you looking? No, mechanical? No, we didn't have a mechanical. No, you did. You never saw that brand. No, I think it was a, a straight number two pencil that you used in the SATs. I mean, it's a full size number two pencil. I'm looking at Google Images right now. Right, and, but you're right, Stugatz. This guy can't be an offensive coordinator. I, you know what? You know what he can do, Stugatz. And I saw this picture of him at a press conference when uh, at the Lions. He took the hat off. Right. Oh, now, really? all of a sudden, he took the hat off and he gelled the hair over a little bit. Ooh. I could buy that guy as a little more of an offensive coordinator now. Okay. Um, did it look good? I didn't see this picture. No, it definitely doesn't look good, but it right. de it looks like a guy who coaches offense and not defense. The backwards ball cap, defensive coach. That, yeah, that is defense all the way. But I like McDaniels because he's got like the shaved head. Like Josh McDaniels 
looked like an offensive coordinator. And so this is going to be interesting to see what happens. I don't like Mike. How, how do you both feel about that? Because Patricia's never really called offensive plays before. Like Belichick's going to be the guy doing it, isn't he? I mean, I feel well, and I feel like they're doing that weird thing where they don't name an offensive coordinator. Exactly. Like doing we the all is, thing. Right. It's and it's and like it's like the clever deception thing, so they can try and make defenses have to think more about who's play calling. Like it's Matt Patricia calling plays, probably, and that should light up any defense's Christmas tree. Because I have no idea what that guy's going to be as right. an offensive coordinator. Like, has he ever done that? Uh, I don't think he's ever done it. I don't think he's going to do it. I don't. I'm not buying a single thing that comes out of that place. Okay, like I'm telling you, they're going to be good. Like now, I have just talked myself into they're going to be not good, great. Okay. Well, all right. You know what? I listen. I will say here, Matt Patricia was the New England Patriots offensive assistant in 2004. Okay. He was then the assistant offensive line coach in 2005, and then there from he, uh, from there on out, everything he did was on the defensive side of the ball. So maybe they're going back to his days in 2004 and using that as their justification. But that's all and, I got for you. And Brand, I'm guessing there's a pretty good chance, right? Like that's that's a year they won a Super Bowl when he was doing that, like 04, 05. Like that's when they started their run, correct? Yeah. Right around there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. It was he started. The, he he joined the staff in 2004, the same year they won their third Super Bowl. Okay. So right. Exactly. God damn it. <laughs> He's going to be the best play caller we've ever seen. I mean, like, no. Guy. No. <laughs> I listen. I would not get off of my my horse my my platform that the this is the year that the Patriots will be shit. Like I want to I no. want to see what the futures Brandon, are that they miss they miss the playoffs. Be careful. I, I, Don't I, say I, it. I care about you. I mean, seriously. I mean, don't say it. Don't, Honestly, don't hey, it'd be, it'd, it'd, scrub it. It'd be good for the show if Brandon ended up on one of those end-of-the-year highlight reels they play, yes, like the parade yes, of gas bags yes. of Brandon being wrong as New England somehow wins the AFC East. In fact, let's try to get him there, Mike. Double yeah. down. Go ahead, Brandon. I'll, Mike and I will get out of the way. I won't stop you. Rip the Patriots. Go ahead. You'll make a montage later on, okay? <laughs> it's always been... Okay, I almost said Belichick because that's what it really is. It's always been Brady. It's never been Belichick. It's always been everyone being the crutches under his arms. Bill Belichick can't do shit without these people that are are, are propping him up and, and be, being his puppet master. This is going to be the last time we hear about the New England Patriots winning the AFC East for a very, very long time. I love it. There well, we go. Man. I mean, listen, they're going to end go. up right at shit, and you're going to fucking look like shit afterwards. I mean. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Brandon, we appreciate you laying falling yes. down on the sword so that right. we can soar as a show. That's very big of you. We, <laughs> we need, need it, Brandon. Yes, we do. We need I'll get that. better at talking shit about them next week. I know. Mikey A is so excited. Gojo, I don't know what to do. I had to calm him down uh, a little bit. Like, this is the yeah. guy he wanted. He wanted Beckton to get injured. He's crazy. I mean, well, but we're just fans. Guys. We're all nuts. It's a weird time for like that side of New York fandom too, because the Mets are good now and everyone loves the team. Edwin Diaz and the song coming out of the bullpen. Yeah. You know, Daniel Vogelbach being a big boy out there running through the bases. Your teams have a bunch of stuff that's inherently fun to root for now. It's got to feel odd for you. Uh, well, the Mets are doing it on the field. They're doing it in the regular season, so that's great. The Jets, uh, listen, people are excited, but I didn't see it on the field, but I'm glad. For the first time in a long time, there's optimism, there's excitement uh, with the Jets. Right up until Woody Johnson led a J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets tier uh, during during a training camp. I mean, don't do that, Woody. Uh, Please don't do that. It's okay. Just stay, uh, stay away. Right, but you're right. But, Mike, I'll, listen, 
You're, I'm excited about the Jets. I'm super excited about the Mets, but we'll always be straddled with the Knicks, and that, that's yeah. that's just the way it works. So, but I am excited. Like the Mets are really good. I'm not certain the Mets aren't the best team in baseball. It's them or the Dodgers. I think the Mets are better than the Yankees, and so it's um, only because of that pitching staff. I know how overwhelming the Yankees yes. have been this year. But when you get to the postseason, the fact that you can't find starters that go seven, eight, nine innings, and the Mets have four or five of them is absolutely amazing. They have like we were talking the other day on our show um, that the horse. There are no more horses like Adam Wainwright and Justin Verlander. Every team used to have like one or two. Now you have Verlander with the uh, with the Astros. You have Wainwright still with the uh, with the Cardinals. You can't really think of too many more because the Mets have them all. I mean, so it's Honestly, amazing. Yeah. I got to say, DeGrom comes back and instantly goes back to being a flamethrower. And yep. you mentioned the Yankees, Stugatz. I saw Jared Carabas tweet this. They've lost seven of their last eight and are 19-23 and 23 since June 24th. The right. D-backs, the Royals, the Reds, and the Cubs all all have a better record than the Yankees over that span. Like, they're coming back down to earth a little bit. Now, Aaron Judge is still beating the shit out of homers and that, and they're still a good baseball team. But I think you're right about the Mets. Like, they've they've clear it's, – it's not a fluke anymore. Like, this is sustained success for them this year. No, they're legit good. Uh, the Yankees had to come back to earth, Mike. They were just playing – they were playing too well. They were playing so well. I think their run differential is still plus – I don't know, 211, something like that, which is insane. The Dodgers are like 232. The Dodgers are the best team in baseball, so uh, we'll see how that plays out. But the Yankees kind of had to to come back down to earth there. They'll still be, obviously, still be in the postseason. But the postseason, it gets down, I think it gets up. Well, I don't know. It's new age baseball, man. It's like hit the ball a mile, and if they get hot, they'll be fine. Stanton's hurt. Um but I'll tell you, man, the Mets have the Mets have something that most teams don't have. They have not only do they have starting pitching, uh, it's deep the rotation, it's really, really good, and the bullpen's phenomenal, and the Mets can hit. And so uh, this is gonna be it listen, baseball, again, we were discussing this. I, I think we were just uh, discussing it today, Mike. Baseball's kind of back where you have the right teams in the right markets um, that are really, really good, with the exception of Boston, I guess. But both the New York teams are good. you got two teams in, in Southern California, the Padres and the Dodgers, who are really, really good. So, like, baseball. And then, listen, either you don't hit it at all, you hit it five miles. I mean, baseball is like, yeah. it's fun to watch now. It's a better watch than it used to be. Well, and Stu Gatz, I think the testament to what you just described is the fact that we do have Aaron Judge legitimately within range of some really impressive home run records, and that's not the main story it feels like right now. Any other year, we'd have been so thirsty for this that the Yankees having a player going after the kind of numbers he is would be the main story, but coming off the trade deadline, the fact that you were able to turn that Juan Soto trade into sustained interest and energy around this, that you had them play the Dodgers basically the next weekend after that all happened, and you've got the Mets with... A closer who's sort of in, you know, starting to be embraced. You're seeing more characters, Stugatz, right? Like, there's things we can attach to these guys now that the casual fan has to latch onto because they are in these big metro markets, but also because we feel like we're actually getting to know these people a little bit more. Yeah, Diaz has been great and great energy, and Lindor got off to a rough start last year, but he's he's having a monster season this year. But he gives the fans are having fun. 
Yeah. Like the fans are enjoying these teams. And I'm not just talking about the Mets. I'm talking about the Yankees. I'm talking about the Dodgers. I'm talking about the Astros. Like these are, and the Astros, they're still there. Right. Like, it's amazing how well run that organization is. Um, but they got, baseball's got the right teams and the right markets being good all at the right time. And it's become fun again. The games go quicker. Um, I got it. And Rob Manfred, listen, he put the home run derby into the all-star game. Man. There might be a magic at bat soon. I mean, this is like baseball is back. <laughs> Roger, <laughs> Rob Manfred confirmed Levitard show listener still, even, even yes. after all this time, apparently still dropping in to steal ideas from you guys. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Uh, Brandon, you, you were going to say something about baseball. I saw you light up. <laughs> the, I was going to say the stories are, are the hottest that they've ever been though as well. Like talking about the Yankees outside of Aaron Judge chasing 50 home runs, you got Joey Gallo striking out record number of times and then getting yep. traded and the change of scenery being great for him and the Dodgers. We, we knew that was probably going to happen, but I think right now the storylines leading up to the playoffs are kind of crescendoing at the, at the perfect time. So Gallo hit a three-run homer for the Dodgers um, because yeah. that's what he does, okay? He either strikes out a thousand times or he hits a three-run dong, okay, which is – which is fun. Uh, I knew that Mike makes a great point, though, because any other year, I knew there would be a day and, and a time where I would be upset with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire because I don't blame Bonds. All Bonds was trying to do was say, hey, you think those guys are good on steroids? Wait until you get a load of this, okay? <laughs> like, you think they're good, okay? I'm going to take some and see what I do, okay? So, I, so I'm, not, I'm not mad at Bonds because Sosa McGuire started this. Had they not had that season, what Aaron Judge is doing right now, forget yep. about the NFL, forget about college football starting in a couple of weeks, forget about the big Notre Dame opener. This would be the biggest story by far in sports, Aaron Rodgers chasing down Roger Maris for the home run record. But Sosa McGuire stripped us of all of that. It was fun in the moment, and yep. I, but I was thinking to myself in the moment, hey, this is fantastic. But one day, I'm going to be mad at both these guys. And that day has arrived. It's today. Okay? So, Sosa and McGuire are like porn. It's fun in the moment. And then you look back after and you're like, oh, God, what just happened? Yeah, exactly. Uh. Why aren't I enjoying this? Yeah. Oh, because of those two idiots. I mean, seriously. Oh. But it's God. fun, man. Like it's, baseball. Oh my God, I can't believe we're talking baseball. I, I mean, I'm a. I, it was Stugatz of all the. I don't ways think I've I ever talked baseball with Mike before. <laughs> not not once, Stugatz, in all the years we've known each other, we spent meaningful time on air talking about baseball. This baseball is truly back. If our dumbasses have somehow found our way to this, uh, it really it? is. The the thing that um that confuses me, and Mike, here's the other thing. You have all like these guys I grew up watching. All their sons play now, which is also pretty fun, right? Like, man, people don't realize Tatis's dad was like a really good uh, major league baseball player, and the Blue Jays seem to have all of them. Like, yes, all. the Blue the Blue Jays are the all dad team, <laughs> right? And they could be a wild card team, and they're a fun team to watch. And so, uh, it's just uh, it's just a lot of fun, man. I'm like, I'm looking at the standings right now. Uh, yeah, you have the Mets, you have the Braves, you have the Cardinals. I mean, you have all the teams that you would want to be good, with the exception of two, the Cubs yep. and the and the Red Sox. But 
other than that, man, baseball is headed towards an epic postseason here. It's going to be man. fun, man. It's, it, it is going to be fun. It's ironic that this comes the day after. I had a dream last night that I was interviewing the Kentucky quarterback, Will Levis, and I was like, my God, if there was any sign that I needed football to start badly, it was the <laughs> fact that I was interviewing Kentucky quarterbacks why? in my dreams. I have no idea. Why? I have no idea why, Stu. God, but why that quarterback? Why that school? Why? I, I I have so many questions. He yes. may be fresh in your mind after he we found out that he puts mayo in his coffee. Oh, that might why. be it. That, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, well, that's now definite. we know why. Yeah, it's, def- it's definitely. I asked the it. question. It was answered by Brandon. And mayo. It's a, a fair point. Forget the coffee. Just mayo. Mike loves mayo. <laughs> Wait. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Stu Gatz, when you jumped on here, you said you were pissed at us. Were you pissed at us because you hadn't been on in a while, or was there something else that we missed? Oh, no, just because I hadn't been. Like, I had the the whole thing set up with Joe Tess. I asked him to come on today. It was not a good day. And listen, I understand life gets in the way, okay? It's fine. I'm very busy right now. I'll go to the dead shows. Stu got between dead shows and the Hall of Fame. Like watching you out there with Tony Baselli as he was getting ready to get inducted into the Hall of Fame was one of the prouder moments because I explained to Brandon and everyone here that back when we were doing weekend observations on Sunday mornings from seven to nine, we had Tony Baselli on. We were talking about his Hall of Fame candidacy back then. And so to see you next to the Khan family while he was going up and making his speech was as proud as I've been of you in our friendship. Well, thank you, Mike. I follow through with something, finally. I mean, I told Baselli, <laughs> listen, I, you and I go in together, and we went in together. I mean, it was glorious. The people in Sioux Falls have to be furious. They hate me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> wait, Stu Gatz, in all seriousness, though, like, how was it? Because I heard Trey Wingo for years talk about yeah. how much he loves Canton and loves going to cover the Hall of Fame. What was that like? Was that your first time out there for that event? It was, uh, it was my first time out there. I had a blast, Mike. Mike, you've never been? I've never been. Okay, so at uh, Brandon, you've never been? I've been to Canton, but not for the Hall of Fame. Okay, well, why? <laughs> yeah, what? Oh, I went for the Hall of Fame, but not for the Hall of oh, Fame. Oh, okay. like induction. Because Canton's an odd place. Like me and Schefter were talking about this, where like you're 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 both in heaven and hell at the same time. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you're in football heaven and everything else hell, and everything yeah, else is hell. Exactly. Um, both of you need to get out there. Both of you, because you love you played football. You both need to go. You need to go see this thing. Okay, it's um. I had a wonderful time uh, being out there with Baselli and his family and his friends, uh, and the Khan family was was truly fantastic. It was, um, and so some interesting stuff there, Mike. There is, uh, 
it's it's just outside of the obvious, the history of the game, all the greats. Um, there's a thing they do on Friday night before the enshrinement ceremony that I'm not certain it's televised. In fact, I think it probably is not televised. Yeah. Where these guys are getting their jackets. Mm. And um, so they get their jacket, the, the gold jackets before the enshrinement ceremony. But you have the, the current Hall of Famers who are there. One of them, and Rich Eisen's emceeing the entire thing, and he did a wonderful job. Goodell's there, the whole the whole nine yards, right? Um, but this year, for instance, Dan Fouts came out, yeah. and he introduced all the Hall of Famers that were present uh, at this year's Hall of Fame, and they all come out and they form like a gauntlet for the new Hall wow. of Famers to walk through, right? And so once they're all announced and they form that gauntlet and it's on both sides of the stage, then they announce the new Hall of Famers. So like Baselli and all those guys who, who went and Bryant Young, who I think was, yeah. his speech was incredible, amazing, oh. so moving. But um, so these guys go through the gauntlet and get up to a stage where um, people they've selected are there to present them with their with their gold jackets. But go them going through the gauntlet, seeing Baselli. Now I'm sitting with Baselli's friends, okay, and only your friends can do this to you. But they are bitching and complaining. Jesus, Tony, it's 24 minutes. Get through the fucking gauntlet already. He's stopping. He's hugging. Her, and I'm like, let him have his moment, man. And they're like, fuck that, dude. I want to have my moment at the bar. You know, like they're oh, all freaking man. out. But. To see them go through this gauntlet and be accepted by the other Hall of Famers and then get up to that stage and be presented with their coats um, and to see the emotion, especially from from Baselli and all of them, really, uh, was something I had never seen before. And so it was it was fantastic. I will tell you this. Had Tony not gotten in, I knew he would eventually. Uh, I, I don't know if I if I ever go to the Hall of Fame, so I'm glad that he did get in, and I actually followed through with something for the first time in my life and went out there and, and enjoyed it with him and his family. Uh, I'm so happy that I did because it's a weekend I'll never forget. Like, it's... Guys, I am telling you, for two guys who love football, I know how much you love it, you need to, like, go out of your way and go check it out someday. Wait, wait for a friend... To, wait for a Notre Dame guy to get in, however you want to do it. Uh, but just just make make a point to get out there, okay? I was, I and was then just get the hell out yes. <laughs> right after it's over. <laughs> quick, in, quick in and out on that one, like a dart going in yes. there. I've already penciled it in. And if you're listening, Zach Martin, I just need passes to the night before thing. I want to see you get your jacket. I can't wait to be there in like eight or nine years whenever wow. you're getting inducted. Yeah. Oh, listen, I, Zach could retire today and be a whole walk-in Hall of Famer. I, I believe he's a first ballot Hall of Famer right now. Um, right I, I no, I'm with you. Is that the next guy who who's going to be so. like for you guys? That's going to be close to you where he goes in. Is that going to be the yeah the next I guy? Think up? I think it'll probably be Zach. I mean, he's the one with the surest case for it of the current Notre Dame guys that are playing. I think he's probably the only one. Right, right. I, in my in my heart heart of hearts, I want Harry, uh, Harrison Smith to win a Super Bowl and him go, to go in. But you know, yeah. I think it's it's going to be Zach, the Viking safety. Yeah. Hell of a golfer, by the way. He joined us in Tahoe, which your dad Man. bailed on, by the way. I was very upset with him. Stu Gatz, the most hurt I've ever seen my dad in his whole life. He had to have a shoulder procedure done. Couldn't Doctor said he couldn't you know, bring up anything above his shoulders type deal. That was as sad and defeated because my dad has looked forward to Tahoe for so long. And I now know. he's worried about getting the invite back for next year. Really wants to go. So however we need to grease the wheels for that one, I won't need to get him a Father's Day present for the rest of my life if I can 
somehow link myself to him being invited to Tahoe next year. I have secured a spot for your dad next year. He is fine. Oh. Everyone at NBC understood. Um, shit happens. and uh, But I have secured your dad's spot uh, for next year. I'm trying to get you in, Mike. That's what I'm trying yes. to do. Yes, I want you to be in there. Uh-huh. So so it was funny, Mike. You'll 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 really appreciate what the hell happened with Baselli. First off, the Khan family, let me address that. I am friends with Tony Khan. Tony Khan comes on our show all the time. Tony Khan does many, many things, AEW wrestling, the Jaguars, of course. Uh, but he owns the the agency that um, manages the dead, right? So like, oh god, <laughs> damn! <Yeah. laughs> he owns it. He owns an agency called Activist, and they represent the dead. They represent dead and company. So um, I love Tony Khan, and the party at the Khan's house afterwards for Baselli oh. was like holy shit, first class, man, like crazy. Um, but you'll appreciate this part of it. So. You know, Baselli says, hey, you know, you could be in the parade, show up Saturday, 8 a.m. And I'm there Saturday at 7.45 a.m., okay? Now, Baselli doesn't get me in the parade. So I start following him around with my phone, and I'm ripping Brunel, and I'm ripping everyone, okay? I'm going to be in bed, all right? Um, and, but then I get to the hotel, and to Baselli's hotel, and we're in the lobby, and, you know, we take a picture together, and we're hanging out, we're talking, and he says to me, he says, Stu, I said, Tony, how do I get there? And like, like what? It, it, it's crazy traffic, like hard to get to. And he says, Stu, get in that bus. And I said, Tony, I can't get in that bus. He said, Stu, get in the fucking bus. And I'm not saying no to Baselli. Okay. The guy is 6'7". Okay? Yes. <laughs> He's crazy. And so he said, I'm walking you right into that bus. I said, Tony, the only person who's going to be on that bus that doesn't have a yellow jacket is me, okay? He's like, get on the bus. And so, so Bazzoli walked me right up to the bus. I get on the bus. Oh, no, no, for real. Um, it's a bus full of Hall of Famers. Uh, Jerry Rice is on it. Tony Gonzalez is on it. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy, right? Oh, my God. But then we get to the stadium, and I don't know what to do once I get off the bus. I'm in a bus that has a police caravan of Hall of Famers. Mike, there were cops surrounding the bus. Like, they were taking us right to, like, the VIP entrance of the stadium. And so I have learned over time, act like you've been there, or at least look like you deserve to be there, right? Don't ask any questions. So the bus pulls up. And I confidently stride off the bus, okay, because I'm lined up behind Hall of Famers. I actually figured out a way to sandwich my way into the Hall of Famers in the front of the bus and the Hall of Famers in the back of the bus, right? So I could be covered a little bit. And I just, with my head down, just keep walking. Yep. Okay, I'm following the gold jackets. Okay, <laughs> like I just keep walking <laughs> in a sea of gold jackets. Yeah, and every of the fans are taking pictures and taking pictures. And I heard someone blurt out, "Who the hell is that guy?" Right? And I just kept walking. <laughs> and uh, where do I end up? I end up in a room that I swear to you, I am not supposed to be in. Okay, like I'm not supposed to be in the gold jacket room before the Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony. Yet I find myself in that room. And I don't know what to do because the only person in that room that does not have a gold jacket on. In fact, I had a sloppy, dirty master's hat on, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And a backpack. (laughs) Oh, that was my my favorite part about the weekend. I I thought, man, I wonder if Stu Gatz is going to buy some Hall of Fame gear. And I see every video is just you in the master's hat. (laughs) Yes, I didn't buy a thing. (laughs) (laughs) So So I get in this room. Again, I'm not supposed to be in this room. Now, I haven't released these videos yet, but I'm going to. 
um, because the first one is me discussing with the phone very low. I don't want to hold it up. I don't want to like, I don't want to be a distraction. I don't want to get kicked out of the room now that I'm in the room. This is the room so everyone knows when they, when they announce the Hall of Famers before the enshrinement ah. ceremony, they walk out of that room. They walk through this tunnel. They announce them. They give their credentials. And then those guys walk up on stage, right? And so I'm in that room. And um, I'm taking videos like, I'm not supposed to be in this room. Oh, my God. Zonka's to my right eating a hot dog. Oh, my God. Oh my there's Tony God. Gonzalez. Oh, my God. There's so-and-so. There's so-and-so. Bob Kraft was in that room. He was the only other guy without a gold jacket. <laughs> I was in the room. Wow. And, and so I'm filming, and I'm panicked, and I'm panicked, and I'm panicked. And I hit stop. And then... Um, I start recording again. Like once I once I know I'm accepted and comfortable and not going to yep. be kicked out of the room. And the way I knew that was when Michael Irvin walks in, and he gives you a gigantic bear hug, and he starts yelling your name. Everyone stopped looking at me, and they're like, "Okay, he's with Irvin. He's good. Like, he's oh, with wow. the playmaker. He is good." So I got to a place where I'm so comfortable that I walk around the entire room. I'm interviewing everyone. I'm eating hot dogs. I had a quesadilla. I mean, it was. <laughs> I start talking to Bobby Kraft. I mean, I'm a Bobby. <laughs> you only eat a quesadilla when you're comfortable. Oh, that's oh. when I got comfortable, and so I have those videos that I'm going to start sending out here. The, the uh, Michael Irvin files is, yes. is what they should be dubbed. I can't. Oh, that's man. a that's amazing because Stugatz. When I think of a person who's like more comfortable in any setting, I always think of you. And so to know that Michael Irvin is basically like Stugatz. I think it's fair to say if you had been a Hall of Fame football player, you would have been Michael Irvin. Uh, no doubt about it. Yes, the playmaker. Yes. yes. So, so I, but I was sweating out for like 15 minutes because Irvin's doing NFL Network. And so I'm in this room oh, okay. and Michael's not there. But Mike, and, and I'm starting to sense like people are like, hey, who is this guy? He's holding up a camera. What is he doing? What is, what's happening? LT is like looking at me. I'm like, oh, that's, that's, yeah, no, that's right. That, that would have scared anyone else into putting down the camera. If LT yeah, looks I'm, over at you. Right. So I will tell you, the guy who made me a little bit more, like, got me to a somewhat comfortable place before Irvin came in was Ted Hendricks, okay? The story. Okay. Okay? Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> and we had a Miami connection because he played at UM. And so, but once Michael Irvin walked in, like, everyone, not only did, not only did everyone, like, they, they looked at me differently. It went from what the fuck is this guy doing here to who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> now, yeah, now Michael Irvin loves him. <laughs> oh man, you who, went, like Mike? Mike, name a Hall of Famer that if he likes you, giving like he gives you a bear hug, where you're going to earn more credibility in that room than Michael Irvin. Like that—that's the guy you want, I, yeah. right? Yeah, he's I, I, he's I'd the probably, captain probably, of the Hall of Fame room. Yeah, true. I vote for a Ray Lewis uh, with my background, but yeah, but Ray wasn't there. I mean, of the guys that were there, that was that was the guy that I wanted. Um, my, you, you guys both know the game so well. I was getting pissed at Levitard and Greg Cody because they're debating whether or not Baselli should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, and I God. know. I mean, listen, he made an All-Decade team, right? He played five years of that decade. Like <laughs> he played half the decade right. and made an All-Decade team. He's the best left tackle I've ever seen. Uh, I'm so happy for him. And here's the cool thing about Baselli. He is a Hall of... Like, Mike, you got to know him a little bit. I know your dad has as well. Tony Baselli is a Hall of Fame person. This is the busiest, most important weekend of his life. And he is constantly checking up on me to make sure I have everything I need 
I have my passes, I have this, I have that, I know how to get to the party. I'm like, Baselli, enjoy your fucking weekend, dude. Like, I'm good. I got into the gold jacket room, okay? <laughs> like, uh, I am good, Baselli. Don't worry about it. So, uh, it was it was such a great weekend, man. I would uh, I would encourage any football fan, especially you two, uh, just take one weekend and get up there and, and go check it out. It's worth it. It really is. Oh, man, yeah, I, it's it just wa- watching watch thinking about you in that Hall of Fame room. I will be so excited when those videos come out because once I. I just want to see that before and after of the videos once you were finally comfortable. Oh, yeah. Because no one can king of the room like you, Stugatz. No, no. one can go in and king of the room like you. I'm going to send both of you the this, this sneak preview, like a sneak peek of me being uncomfortable. I sent it to the Mikey A. He called me. which He was like, holy shit, dude, gold. Like, yeah. <laughs> he goes, I need to see what happened after. Like, yes. <laughs> I'm oh. like, oh, well, you, you'll see. I'm going to use Mike because, you know, I'm always thinking like this. That will be the video of me freaking out. I will tweet out to everyone, but I will also use it as an entree into the super Twitter follower game. Okay. Ooh, <laughs> so yes. if you want to see what happened once I got comfy in that room, you'll have to super follow me. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but I'm going to figure it out. Okay. I mean, listen, you're, you, you're on a show with the pre, I don't think I've seen anyone else as publicly monetize their super follower game as Mike Ryan on oh, your guy's show. So, so if anyone can explain it to yes, you, yes. it's Mike. He's he's he, knee deep in the game. No, yeah, but he won't explain it to me because I've taught him well. He's selfish, greedy. He doesn't want me in that game, okay? <laughs> Mike is enjoying yeah. the game to himself. He's like, listen, you're getting older and you can't figure out technology and that works out to my benefit. And so, wow. <laughs> so I, but I will get to it. Mike has encouraged me to do it. Um, I just got to figure out how to do it and find the time to do it. But I'll, but I'll get to it. Guys, go to the Hall of Fame. You'll love it. Like it's, it's, Done. it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Hey, listen, it took me a while to find a jet in there. I had to go all the way back to like '83, and yeah. I found like Namath. I think it was Namath in there. Who I'm not even certain he belongs in there. So I mean, how about that? Talk <laughs> <laughs> about hot takes. <laughs> I mean, Namath was overrated. I'm sorry. Hey, that listen, guy's living able, off a guarantee. That's you'll all. be able to go there with Dwayne Brown. <laughs> I might. Hopefully, Zach Wilson. Then, I, then I'm really onto something. You know? Oh my God! I know. Be incredible. Curtis Martin, I guess. But I view him as a Patriot. You know? Yeah, that's oh, that yeah. one's tough. That's There's true. a couple of guys like that that just you know wouldn't feel right. No doubt. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, what do you guys make of the whole Aaron Rodgers out like the LSD, like all of that? Because Mike, the, and the only reason I asked that it was it's really an entree into like. People in the NFL, you would most want to see tripping on acid. <laughs> right, yeah. This, guys you would want to do psychedelics with in the NFL. Man, I tell you what, and I know you guys have him on the show all the time. Yeah. Ricky Williams has to be like a proud parent right now he watching does. this all explode so through the NFL because he would have been the undisputed number one answer of a guy you'd want to do psychedelics with. Uh, so ahead of his time, man. Like, he really yeah. he really was. Uh, he has to be frustrated right now. Like, Jesus Christ, man. I've been telling everyone this for fucking decades. You oh, know? it'd be unreal. I'm trying to think of current players, though, because Ricky well, I was thinking like, coaches. Like, I would want to see Mike Tomlin. Like, oh, <laughs> because it, all of a sudden it would go from, you know, defending every blade of grass to Tomlin like, hey, let's really look at every blade of grass. <laughs> no, Stu Gatz, you know who I want to see do ayahuasca and compete who? with their inner child? And you guys can appreciate this because the whole nation is getting to see now Man Campbell, your guy's beloved yes, Man Campbell yes. on the hard knock stage. Could you imagine that dude doing like freaking ayahuasca or LSD? I, I think you won the game. <laughs> yes. 
it, it didn't even dawn on me that that's probably like we were talking about this the other day. I think Lou Holtz is someone I'd like to see on acid. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> Could you imagine going back in time to the college football show and having Mark May and Lou Holtz both do acid before they would hey, debate at night on listen. on ESPN? <laughs> If they if they start doing an OnlyFans with acid with our our greatest sports fans our, right. our leaders, oh I'm my all god, skipping Stephen up. A on acid on uh, OnlyFans, amazing. I mean, <laughs> right? Only acid. ESPN, right? <laughs> I, somehow we got the Tom Coughlin on acid. Like, oh man, I need to see like the super serious guys. Like that's who I'd want to see. Yeah. Like Tomlin, Coughlin, guys like that who are super Ferguson. serious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Who are super serious, and all of a sudden you see them like you can't control yourself, you know? It's like, man, uh, oh man, well, yeah. you, now you gotta get the wheels turning. I'm, I know. I'm so down the rabbit hole because Aaron Rodgers was the most obvious choice, like, he had been trending towards this for a while. It's been amazing, True. Stugatz, to watch like the Aaron Rodgers that used to come on with you guys all the time that Dan lusted over for so long. We went through the COVID stuff last year where he became really hard to deal with. And now he's back doing stuff like this where it's like, man, like I, I want to, I want to enjoy this because he does so many things that like you said, normal quarterbacks, especially would not be out here doing. Um, no, he's uh listen, that's a product of success of, of age of, um, perspective uh, you know what is anyone going to do to Aaron Rodgers at this point you know it's like Mikey's gotten away with <laughs> I don't want to say murder okay but just short of it okay yes. <laughs> the, la the last two years and so um yeah it's good to see listen Aaron's always searching for something okay like you know True. he's 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 always searching for something I would suggest and I would suggest to him if I uh if I saw him search for a second ring because yeah. I am telling you right now, that's what he needs to be searching for. <laughs> Mike, I'm when the three of us are sitting on some sort of patio 20 years from now, and we're having a dog walker, a little joint, a couple of drinks, we're on the patio, and we're discussing all-time great quarterbacks, Rodgers is not going to come up. And that's a shame, yeah. because he might be the best like physically gifted quarterback I've ever seen. But you have to get that second ring. You do. You just have to. You can't let Eli Manning finish with more rings than you. That is a rule Ooh. if you want to be in the top five quarterback discussion of all time. Eli cannot have more rings than you. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I just came from the barbershop, and one of the age-old debates in any barbershop is, does Eli Manning deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? And yeah. where are you at on it? Yes, he's got two rings. I mean, he's one. Boom. He's a lock. I mean, he's he, the market, the team, two rings. He has the same amount of rings as his brother. I mean... And you could, and he did them both against Tom Brady. Like you want them both against Brady. There's no way Eli doesn't get it. He's a lot. That 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 one eighteen one eighteen win loss record just really bothers me for yeah, Hall but, of Fame. But I I, I I hear you. But the two rings I'm, makes it like you know three sixty and one eighteen. You know. <laughs> By the way, you want to talk about a quarterback who I feel like would be a blast on DMT? Eli Manning. He already seems like he's an underrated fun time to party with. Him on yes. psychic, like if you did the Manning cast on psychedelics, I feel like Peyton would be very uncomfortable and Eli yes. would be even more just double birds loving life. <laughs> So true. Although I'm not I, gonna lie, I think I found the number one quarterback all time that I think would be the most hilarious to watch do DMT. Terry Bradshaw. Oh my god. Well he's oh, done it, yes. I'm sure. I like that's a, I guess it probably is. He looks like he's already done it. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't called it wasn't called that in Shreveport back in the day. 
<laughs> I want a Jet quarterback to play on it. Perhaps they'll play better. I mean, <laughs> oh, <man. What's> the- <laughs> yeah, Zach Wilson, if you really want to go to the next level, finding out you were the MILF hunter and all that this offseason was great. Play a game <laughs> on acid and then Stu Gatza love you. <laughs> Do it on acid. <laughs> <laughs> go, Joe! <laughs> Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. Brandon, you know, it only feels right considering how much baseball we talked with Stu Gotts that I drop this uh, into your world. Did you see okay. the Harry Carey hologram at the Field of Dreams game last night? No, I, I know they were talking about Harry Carey. I didn't know that he was. they were going to um, Tupac so, him. Yes, and so for anyone that missed it, uh, last night Major League Baseball did year two of their Field of Dreams game. The, Cub, uh, the Cubs and the Reds met in the ballpark next to the filming location of the 1989 movie Field of Dreams. You know, is this heaven? Or no, it's Iowa. Last year it was the White Sox and the Yankees that played in this game. And it's awesome. Like they had, you know, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. coming out, I think, before the game and playing catch in the outfield. Like they had the legends walk out of the cornfield the way that, you know, the departed legends had in the movie. All that stuff. Like it, it ends up being really cool. You see a lot of the players have a cool reaction to it. It's a Major League Baseball, again, doing fun, interesting things in the year of our Lord 2022. We love to see it. This is where it went too far, though. So. Famed Cubs broadcaster Harry Carey, who is very much not alive anymore, apparently felt the need, or they felt the need, to have him included in what went on. And good God in heaven, Brandon, when we talk about some of the CGI issues that places like Marvel are having with their movies currently, they have carried over to whatever we're attempting with the visual effects in this brood. They had Harry Carey's hologram sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game, and... It it looks like a an engorged Sims character. It makes me very uncomfortable. I I mean I'm I'm, I'm pulling up to to see. I, I can't imagine. I mean, Mike, it's a hologram. But like, could the people in the stadium see it? They had they had to have. I don't know how the I, yeah that's yeah, usually I guess, but I just don't know how these holograms work. Have you ever seen one live? I've never seen a hologram live. I'm not really sure how that all works. But you're right. I guess they've you know like you said they've Tupac'd it at concerts before, so it's clearly for the live audience as well as the at home right. audience. But I don't know, man. And honestly, I am actually the more I look at it, I'm actually thankful that it looks that shitty. Because when these start mm. to get too good, we're fucked. 
Yeah. We've already got the Boston yeah. Dynamics robots with guns on their backs. I don't need these holograms getting any better than they are right now. Leave those in the movies. Leave those there. I don't know, Mike. I think I'm like I'm ready for the turn for the, when they start getting real, but like like I think Westworld is is telling us the best way possible that at some point in time we have to leave the AI alone. You would think at some point we'll hopefully be smart enough to do that, but not now and not when it comes to Major League Baseball. So, you know what? Again, I applaud Major League Baseball for trying stuff and to try and do young different things here even though it's actually really bringing back a really old person to sing this, but Again, A for yeah. effort, maybe like a C- minus for execution on this. But, uh, Brandon, before we get to our favorite part of the show here, you know who gets an A for execution and effort? Our friends at Dr. Emil Nutrition. Dr. Emil Nutrition yes. is a proud sponsor of the show. We appreciate their support. Support the people that support us, and especially when they want to help you live a healthy lifestyle. Not just someday, but every day. By making holistic health and happiness accessible to everybody. It's not about the end destination. It's about relishing the journey. The health and fitness journey along the way. I always take, and today was a prime example. Good bit of the pre-workout supplement here. Hand selected by Dr. Emil with safe, effective quality ingredients, ingredients to help boost energy and give you the everyday edge. Not necessarily all the jitters and that bad stuff. You can do that. The easy to sleep support as a great recovery method after the fact. So you wake up ready to take on the day and sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game with Hologram Harry Carey. Dr. Emil's array of natural high-quality supplements were hand-selected to enhance each aspect of your personal wellness journey. Visit DrEmilNutrition.com and use the discount code GOJO20, that's G-O-J-O-2-0, for 20% off plus free shipping on all orders. That's Dr. Emil, spelled D-R-E-M-I-L, Nutrition.com. Brandon, do you know what time it is? Mike, I do know what time it is. I've been serenading the people all week long. I thank you for listening, but I got something special for you guys today. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you. Aye, aye, Captain. Oh... Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? This, that, and the third. Absorbing a yellow and pores is he. This, that, and the third. Hypnotical Nazis is something you wish. This, that, and the third. They drop on the deck and flop like a fish. This, that, and the You ready? This, that, and This, that, and This, that, and This, that, and the third. What an end of the week. God. Brandon, I know I've said this to you many times, many ways. We are truly blessed. <laughs> yes, yes, you have. And I hate you every time, even though we are. We are, we are indeed. And um, Brandon, let's start off with this. Um, the NBA made an announcement. The legendary number six worn by the late Bill Russell 
will now be retired league-wide starting this next season in honor of his passing. Now, starting in the 2022-23 season, no NBA team will be allowed to issue number six to any player. Players who are currently mm-hmm. wearing it, and there are believed to be, according to basketball reference, 25 players, including LeBron James, Kristaps Porzingis, Alex Caruso, Montrez Harrell, and Lou Williams, who all wear the number six. Players who are currently wearing it may continue to do so, which is feels like a LeBron clause in this. Normally, I think in other circumstances, people will be forced to give up the number. I will be curious really? to see if LeBron James thinks about changing it at all for the upcoming season, because say what you want about him, he is someone who I think appreciates the history of basketball and tends to pay homage to a lot of the greats that came before. So I wouldn't be stunned but at this point he'll be allowed to wear it if he wants to i think i think he'll wear it for one more season this last season he was itching to get rid of that 23 to anthony davis it made me sick most lame thing I've ever seen lebron james do uh but now that he he is rocking the six obviously tied to high school and and uh miami i like i like to see him do the the kevin durant thing you know the, the the Lord rest on the seventh day uh, or just like one over Jordan like he, he's got to do something but I don't know what it's going to be it now. will be very interesting this is uh, by the way Bill Russell the first player in NBA history to have his number retired league wide players are also going to wear a commemorative patch on the right shoulder of their jerseys during the upcoming season and every court will have a shamrock shaped logo with Russell's number six on the sideline near the scorers table so the NBA certainly so, rolling it out for one of their all-time greats in a way that definitely feels very, very appropriate. Um, Brandon, from one all-time great to another, let's get to that. Um, some news out of the NFL that I, I think is interesting, and when I first heard it, I thought it had the potential to be something a little more. Reading into it now, mm-hmm. Tom Brady will be away from the team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, to deal quote deal with some personal things for an undisclosed amount of time. Now, head coach Todd Bowles said he believes with a great deal that Tom Brady will be ready to go by week one. But this is the quote from Todd Bowles. He said, this is something we talked about before training camp started. We allotted this time because he wanted to get in and get chemistry with the guys and go through two weeks of training camp knowing he wasn't going to play for the first two games. He didn't want to take reps away from Blaine Gabbert, Kyle Trask, as well as Ryan Griffin going into these next two games knowing this is something he needs to handle. Bulls said again, pretty high level of confidence that Brady will be the starting quarterback week one. Um... So, yeah, this is interesting, Brandon. Certainly your first thought goes to you hope everything's okay with his family, with his parents, with anyone that could potentially be, you know, suffering from something that would acquire, you know, personal attention like that. Hearing this from Todd Bowles that this was something they planned on, I think should ease any of the conspiracy theories that may have popped up around this because if there's anyone that can miss the preseason, Lord knows it's Tom Brady. We know they've got some new pieces around there, but... We know potentially good news about Ryan Jensen. We haven't heard anything about him being ruled out for the season. So it sounds like that could be a player that's still that's potentially good. on the way for them. And, you know, Kyle Rudolph, who signed there, Julio Jones, all veteran guys who, if there's anyone you can trust to be able to come in and work well immediately with a guy of Tom's caliber, it's probably the dudes that they've signed. Yo, absolutely. And I, I was kind of, this feels like the other shoe dropping for me. Obviously, we hope that whatever Tom Brady's dealing with with his family and the issue that was apparently on the table before training camp even started. Hopefully it's not serious, but I'm of the mind and the thought that the veterans 
don't need the preseason as much as a lot of other people do, and they don't need training camp as much as a lot of other people do, especially not the ones that end up in in Canton uh, for the Hall of Fame. I remember, I think, Michael Strahan's last year uh, when they won that Super Bowl, he skipped the entire training camp trying to get things figured out contract-wise. So I just I just don't think he needs it, and I'm, I'm actually glad that Kyle Trask gets some more reps uh, that I feel like he may not have gotten. Honestly, like, if there was anyone that could take a couple of weeks off in the middle of training camp, like, we're in uncharted territory. The dude's 45 and still playing at a potentially MVP level for a team that's one of, like, the three in the NFC we think can win the Super Bowl so it's all uncharted and if anyone can get away with doing this even if it was like even if it wasn't something serious and we find out Tom Brady just had right. negotiated this time to go hang out with his kids for a little bit because he made the concession to mm -hmm. come back knowing it would take him away from his family again I'd be like yeah sh sure if anyone can pull it off and we know is probably going to work harder away from the team than anyone else in the training camp right it's probably this guy so but I will say, after seeing Chris Sales break his damn wrists on a bike, uh, hopefully uh, Tom Brady isn't going to like a, tr a trampoline park. <laughs> he's hanging out with his kids, but hopefully he's doing he's, things. He's, to pro like, he's probably going to be in like a full Iron Man suit or some shit. I wouldn't be surprised if he had some Stark tech on the property and added and had oh, it God. encased around him. You want to talk about a polar opposite of Chris Sale, Tom Brady? So, yeah, true. Yeah, shout true out that. to Jared Carabas, who you know. Gets to throw out the pitch on Sunday Night Baseball this weekend. Very excited for him. Hope that numbs the pain of what this Red Sox season has become for him. We saw it firsthand when we were all out in Los Angeles together. But, uh, Brandon, let's go from Jared's home to your home. Because we got some interesting Ooh. stuff going on around the Kentucky athletic programs. So, mm. Kentucky basketball coach John Calipari did a interview with The Athletic. And basically demanded that the school give his basketball program a new facility. He said, quote, the state deserves that. Everybody should be behind this. Our administration. Look, our baseball facility might be the nicest in the country. And I'm happy about that. Our football facility. We spent $200 million. Soccer. Unbelievable. Now the track. I love it. And now I'd say the administration should be like, we're doing this. How about the state? If this is the University of Kentucky and it's the basketball program for the state, which it is, how about the state says, we're in. We're going to invest. I'll tell you right now, Antonio da Anthony Davis gave three hundred and fifty grand on a text to me for flood relief. Do you know what our former players would do? They just got to see it. What is it? So that's the next challenge we have. He went on on to say this is a basketball school and it's always been that Alabama's a football school so is Georgia I mean they are no disrespect to our football team I hope they win 10 games and go to bowls at the end of the day that makes my job easier and it makes the job of all of us easier but this is a basketball school so we need to keep moving in that direction and keep doing what we're doing somebody who heard that was head football coach Mark Stoops who said Quote tweeting this quote, an article from The Athletic, basketball school, I thought we competed in the SEC. Hashtag four straight postseason wins. Brandy, you don't often see this. Dad and dad fighting at two of the premier uh, teams on campus at a program like this. You are a Louisville native, someone who... Your first yes. offer, I believe, was to Kentucky. You know this dynamic really yep. well here. Is this shocking to you? Not at all. It's shocking to me that it's gotten out, but in a world where uh, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban are 
publicly like sharing blows. This feels a little bit like a, a new but regular territory. Uh, I was recruited by Kentucky, as you said. I went to a lot of basketball games while I was getting recruited. Got a chance to see, you know, Florida when Al Horford and Joe Kim Noah and uh, they had a white boy that was a shooter. I can't remember his name, but you know those teams, right? The Billy Donovan that's coach actually, teams. Like I that's was actually around. funny because when I took my unofficial visit to Florida, I got to go to a basketball game for one of those, and it was fucking lit. Oh, they were amazing at that time. It was, <laughs> it was so it, good. I was like, I was like, seeing the football stuff is cool, but this basketball team's nice as hell. Man, going to Rupp Arena to get recruited for for Kentucky football is like, I mean, it's it's the worst and the best thing because of this type well, of and, uh, and like there are certain places where like this is kind of understood, right? Like I called a game at Kansas basketball a couple yes. of years ago, and when you go and see the football facility, and then I got to go over and watch basketball practice and meet Bill Self and see his office. I mean, it's a different planet in that basketball facility yeah. compared to the football facility. Now, Kansas football has been a nightmare for a while as of late. Kentucky football has been a lot better in recent years. Mark Stoops has done an incredible right. job there. But you that you said that dynamic has kind of always existed and there's always been that tension there. But I think it might be more of an SEC issue because of that like, separation of church and state when it comes to the basketball team and football team. We never had that type of beef with us at Notre Dame, if anything, I felt bad for the basketball players because they would be like, you know, getting to the Sweet 16 or something like that, and we're losing against Syracuse, and we got sidewalk chalk when we come back home from a loss, and <laughs> like you could barely, like well, it's, you know, Notre Dame's football team. You know, does that make sense? So I think every campus has an understood dynamic, right? And, and for us, like. Yes. Well, especially early on, like our women's soccer team won a national title our sophomore year. Women's basketball Man. made the final four every year. Our lacrosse team was great. Yeah. And we still had all the best facilities because football pays the bills around Notre Dame's campus. And from the outside looking in at Kentucky, we always kind of understood. This is part of the assessment of most people looking at Mark Stoops, Kentucky, which is it's a great job because he has SEC, um, he has SEC tools at his Money. disposal. He has SEC resources yeah. at his disposal. But at that school, they're not going to start lighting the torches and putting signs on your lawn if one season goes bad there the way they do when Cal and the basketball team have a couple of down years because True. that's a basketball school very traditionally. So I guess I was I was just a little surprised. Now, the way Cal said it was a little condescending, and I think Cal probably knows that in his heart oh. of hearts. Like, he was trying to start shit in the name of getting stuff done for him. This is, this is uh, really uh, indicative of... Um, regions really like I always talk, talk talk to people and say wherever you come from the top three sports that are publicized covered in that area are probably the top three that you grow up watching or, or caring about in Kentucky in Louisville it's basketball like Kentucky is a basketball state and football always gets pushed to the side and at Kentucky I was I, when I was getting recruited there. Uh, my friend Corey Peters, uh, a former defensive lineman for the Arizona Cardinals, most recently, he told me that the basketball team and the football team had actual legitimate smoke with each other. Like when they saw each other at parties on campus, and basketball players and football players see each other, they usually exchange words, and at sometimes. 
fisticuffs was, were involved. Now, this is back in the time where, like, John Wall and, you know, Rajon Rondo had just left that team. So I bet they had a little bit more uh, a gumption, a little bit more uh, nastiness to that basketball team than they do now. A bunch of freaking 18-year-olds that are wait, waiting to leave. Devin Booker's of the world. They have a better career in the NBA than they do in college. I mean, it's, I mean, it's what it is. But – I think it's I like the fact that it's seeping into the head coaches because there must be real, real animosity there. And I think it's only because Kentucky is now getting the respect that it's been getting since Mark Stoops has been coaching up that program. And let's be real. And the guy that was in your dream last night, Will Levis, was, uh, you know, he's 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 rolling things. Yeah. And I'd say this, like because Mark Stoops has been very, I think public about wanting to win an SEC championship. Like he's a competitor. That's what you expect there. And I, I don't put that past him. Like, again, what Mark Stoops has done with that program at a place where that program has started as the second team on campus in a way that's not normal for most SEC football teams, what he's built it into sure. is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And they are a competitive team. They're one we expect to be competitive in this next season. I, I'd, I'd have to imagine the administration's pretty bugged out because, again, you don't normally see coaches on the same campus for the two biggest teams popping off at each other in public. And we can certainly say it seemed like Cal started it because, again, the tent, like bringing them up in that in the way that he did had a negative connotation does. and cows but cows a smart yeah. guy like he doesn't do anything in public without a reason and without a goal behind it and it's pretty clear what the goal is here it just seems like bad poker to have it come at the expense of one of the other coaches on campus here i don't think this is going to be anything and we don't get an october 8th texas a&m alabama game for kentucky basketball and football <laughs> But right. like you want, like this is like you said, it's Jackie Moon looking back, saying everybody love everybody on the bus right now, because again, things are too good for Kentucky football for this to be something that's like any more than just a blip on the radar. I, I mean, I think it's it's perfect fuel for both sides of the team, like or both sides of the ball. In it's wrong analogy because we're talking about two different sports, apples and oranges, if you will, Mike. Uh, but. I think it's. I think it lights a fire under the the basketball team and the football team. I, I want to tell you a quick anecdote about how much I just I did not understand the recruiting process or the seriousness of college football. My first offer was from Kentucky. Uh, Rich Brooks gave the offer. Uh, it was I think it was right going. In, it was the summer going into my junior year. So I had gone to camp there in, in sophomore year, and I just destroyed all of their. Basically, they had a top a guard that they had offered from New York and I just dog walked them in, in one-on-ones like I do, Mike, you've seen me. Um, but anyways, so at that, at that official visit that I had at, at Kentucky morning meetings, I got there, I drive from Louisville to, to Lexington hour and 45 minutes. Mike in the D line meeting room, I fall asleep. And at the time I didn't really think that was a big deal. Cause that's kind of what I did in film study is fall asleep until one of the starting the starting three technique, Myron Pryor, actually he was the nose. Myron Pryor, he's like, Coach, your recruit over here sleep. And I pop up. And he just asked me to stand up or stand outside. And I'd stand up and everyone's laughing at me. And I didn't really think it was that big of a deal. Now that I'm thinking about it, Mike, if we had a fucking recruit fall asleep. Brandon, that is the wildest shit. During meetings. <laughs> it's so disrespectful. Yes. Like I would like this guy can't come to this team now. Oh my god, Brandon! Like I like non-compete. I'd have taken back the offer. <laughs> no, Bro, you're just you know, sleeping in the meeting. But still, 
But like, bro, and the, honestly, this it's hard this, to sleep. It's hard to stay awake. This anyways. makes so much more sense now, having known you for as long as I have, because we used to sit in class and we'd have these lecture classes after morning workouts that are in cold, dark rooms. And I'd be sitting there with a couple oh, of my man. teammates in the film and television classes that me and Brandon were in. And you'd see all of a sudden, you'd just look over and we'd start videotaping because Brandon, sure as shit, we're like 10 feet from our teacher, <laughs> would just be sitting there falling asleep. And I will never forget as long as I live, one day Brandon's just sitting there and his head's just forward in his chair and he's mouth open, just kind of like sawing logs. And then all of a sudden, it is dead silent in class while the teacher's going over to like the projector or the computer. And all you hear is Brandon just go, huh? shot open Loud as <laughs> looking directly at us with the look that said did anyone hear that knowing good and damn well everybody heard that I woke up from my sleep looking at everyone here that and, every, and I, I was met with everyone's eyes including the professors like do you have something to say like, like why did you just get everyone's attention uh, so you know what that that was that was predictive. The recruiting process ended up with it. the scouting oh, report man. was accurate on Brandon Newman. Incredible talent, low center of gravity, strong as all hell. Probably gonna fall asleep in film. Fall asleep anywhere, any anywhere. Might fall asleep standing up. We hope that you didn't fall asleep listening to the entirety of this podcast here. We appreciate everybody making it to this point, trying to stay awake as best you can. If you liked it, download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. And have a great weekend. Enjoy betting on preseason football games or whatever makes your heart sing. Stay safe. Have a good one. We'll talk to you Monday.